Gilead called Sychar, near the plot of land that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus, tired from his journey, sat down there at the well. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? For Jews use nothing in common with Samarians. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you do not even have a bucket, and the cistern is deep. Where then can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this cistern and drank from it himself with his children and his flocks? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I shall give will never thirst. The water I shall give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may not be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come back. The woman answered and said to him, I do not have a husband Jesus answered her, You are right in saying, I do not have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you people say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You people worship what you do not understand. We worship what we understand because salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And indeed, the Father seeks such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us everything. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one speaking with you. At that moment, his disciples returned and were amazed that he was talking with a woman. But still no one said, what are you looking for? Or why are you talking with her? The woman left her water jar and went into the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I have done. Could he possibly be the Christ? They went out of the town and came to him. Meanwhile, the disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. So the disciples said to one another, 
could someone have brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say in four months the harvest will be here? I tell you, look up and see that the fields are ripe for the harvest. The reaper is already receiving payment and gathering crops for eternal life, so that the sower and reaper can rejoice together. For here the saying is verified that one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the work, and you are sharing the fruits of their work. Many of the Samaritans of that town became to believe in him because of the word of the woman who testified, He told me everything I have done. When the Samaritans came to him, they invited him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Many more began to believe in him because of his word, and they said to the woman, We no longer believe because of your word, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The story of today's gospel is commonly referred to as the Samaritan woman at the well. But I wonder if a more descriptive title or more accurate title should be the lonely woman at the well. So why do I talk about her being lonely? Well, in that time period, the separate, there was definitely a separation between the men and the women such that men were not allowed to talk to women who were not their wives in public, and they didn't really talk with them in public anyway. And of course, something like going to a public place like a well. The women of that town would have went in the early morning hours and drawn the water they needed for the day and took it home. This woman, on the other hand, was showing up around noon a time when maybe some of the men of the town would, would be there. She apparently has been shunned because of her behavior by that whole community. And she knew that even going at noon, if there was any men there, they would not speak to her anyway. So imagine her surprise when as she approaches the well, all of a sudden, this Jewish man says, give me a drink. So first off, he's speaking to her. And then secondly, it is a Jew that is asking her for this. The Jews and the Samaritans were also very estranged with one another. They wouldn't even share things like cups or utensils. That's how estranged they were from one another, even though they believed in the same God even though they believed in the promise of the Messiah. And so as I said, imagine her surprise when he not only speaks to her, but Jesus asks for a drink, asks for her to draw some water out and use the cup 
to take a drink. And so this encounter with our Lord continues. And with each, with each exchange, the woman is becoming more and more intrigued with this man. And then he tells her that he basically knows about her private life. He basically knows about the sin that she has committed, the sin that has separate her from the rest of that town who, sh who have shunned her because of her sinful nature. But he continues. He offers her the gift of living water, and her response on hearing about that is, oh good, that means I won't have to continue taking this large jug to the well and bringing it back because I will have this living water. She doesn't quite realize what he is saying, but it, they continue their exchange, their encounter. And finally, that gift of faith has now blossomed to the point where she leaves that jar there and runs back to the town and actually speaks to the people of the town, the same people that have isolated her and shunned her and saying, this man knows everything about me. Could he be the Messiah? And instead of ignoring her, instead of telling her off and sending her on her way, they go to that well. And they speak to Jesus. And they are so enthralled with him that they do the unthinkable. They invite him to stay for two days there which means he's going to be sleeping in one of their beds. He is going to be using the utensils, all break, breaking of all of these social taboos. And then at the very end of, the, of this gospel passage, the people now tell the woman, because we have listened to him for these last two days, we believe that he is the Savior of the world. All because this lonely woman went to the well and encountered Jesus. And through that encounter, she became an evangelizer, a spreader of the good news of the gospel, and brought that whole village to Jesus so that he could convince them he is the Savior of the world. So what does this say about our loneliness, our perceived loneliness? Well, Jesus speaks of that living water to that woman, and he offers us the gift of living water, the living water of baptism. The water flows in this font, yes, because of an electric pump and motor downstairs in the basement. But the fact it is living water is because of the action of the Holy Spirit on it. The Holy Spirit, through the blessing, is now ready. Whoever approaches this font through the waters of baptism to offer them the gift of eternal life, but also to incorporate them into the body of Christ the church. Through our baptism now, we are members of a larger family that goes beyond our biological family. 
We look to each other in this church and can call ourselves brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, sons and daughters of the living God. We are all connected through our baptism. A connection so complete and so close that we can be that we make up the one body of Christ, the church. That's why I talk about our perceived loneliness. We may feel alone, but we are never alone because we have each other as brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. We are never alone because our Savior, who gave up his life so as to incorporate us into his body, is always present at this altar in the sacrament of the Eucharist, ready to be with us each and every moment of our life. We are never alone because at the moment of our baptism, as a moment of receiving these living waters, the Holy Spirit has taken up residence in our hearts. My dear friends, Lent is about preparing ourselves to celebrate these great mysteries, the mysteries of our redemption. It is through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and his subsequent resurrection that the gates of heaven were thrown open, that now the waters of baptism are truly living waters, offering us the gift of eternal life and making us brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be cultivating the understanding of these gifts. We need to cultivate gratitude for these gifts. And Lent is about trying to change our, our own behavior so we seem to be living lives that understand that we have been given the gift of living water and through our baptism, we are now brothers and sisters. My dear friends, this is the great mystery of our faith, but it is also something that we are so grateful for, all because we are loved by a heavenly Father who sent his Son and Holy Spirit to be with us always until the end of the ages.